0: If your family life is a mess and in need of repair, the Lord has the help you need in His Word. That's next on Abounding Grace.
1: Even though there are no college courses, no how-to seminars on having a strong family, you won't be able to download an app that will miraculously give you the family of your dreams, even though some people promise that. Even though there aren't these things available to you that would immediately transform your life, there is a book. God has given us direction for his desire for our lives. The book is known as the Bible. God has given us insight that if you will read and hear and do God's word, he will honor his word in your life. He will honor it.
0: This is messing grace. For me. We're about to begin a brand new series here on Abounding Grace. It's called Family Matters. As the title would suggest, it's all about the family as God intended it to be. It's not hard to see the family is under attack. Families are splitting up. Others are in total disarray. Whatever the case is for you, it's always a good idea to seek God's wisdom to apply to your home. God has all the tools in his word to help you build and establish a godly home. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor to introduce our series.
1: Take your Bibles, open them to three places. Would you, Proverbs chapter 24, Joshua chapter 24, and Matthew chapter 7. Proverbs 24, Joshua 24, Matthew chapter 7. And I've entitled our Bible study today, As for Me and My House. As for Me and My House. The most important part of this coming series of studies is your house, and your home, and your life, and understanding the importance of the choices that you make. Your choices are important. The sum total of your life is made up of the choices that you have made. I mean, consider it where you are right now, today, is a result of the choices that you've made up to today. I understand that not everything has happened because of your choices, but I'm talking about the things that you have control over, your freedom, your choices. And you can say that there are choices today. You can make a decision today going forward that the choices you make today will change tomorrow. It will change the trajectory of your life. And if you are here today, you're starting to listen to this series because your family is upside down because your life is upside down, because you're really struggling, because it's super difficult for you, I'm here to remind you on behalf of God that the choices you make today, beginning with repentance, beginning with humility, beginning with a desire to surrender your life to God, those choices will have an immediate impact for the good for your life and your family. Not all is lost. Now it's true. Families come in all different shapes and sizes, and it's also true that all these different types of families, the family unit, marriages, singles, kids, single parenting, those that are widow or widowers, even God's design for the family is under severe strain and stress today. Maybe even yours. Maybe even your family. I'm sure. Your family, like mine, is facing some sort of pressure, some sort of difficulty or challenge. Why? Well, things are broken. Things are broken. You and I were born into a broken world, and we are living in what I like to call a sin-soaked culture. It's not just our culture. It is the world's culture. It's been tainted and damaged by sin. That That is the problem on the earth today, is man's decision to rebel against God. And you suffer, you suffer for your own sinful decisions, and you also suffer for other people's sinful decisions. And things are just broken. That's the way it is. Sometimes you just got to admit that your marriage is broken, that you're broken as a singleness. And I don't mean the kind of broken that is humble, and the kind of brokenness that's that God's attracted to, that humility. I'm just talking about you and your decisions. Maybe you're, you're in such a sinful condition that you just won't admit that you're broken and you need the grace of God in your life. Even though there are no college courses, no how-to seminars on having a strong family, you won't be able to download an app that will miraculously give you the family of your dreams, even though some people promise that. Even though there aren't these things available to you that would immediately transform your life, there is a book. God has given us direction for His desire for our lives. The book is known as the Bible. God has given us insight that if you will read and hear and do God's Word, He will honor His Word in your life. He will honor it. He he will honor your desire to be in a right relationship with him. He will meet you there. Not only do you have a book, but if you're a believer in Jesus today, God gives you not only the book, but also the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit to strengthen you and help you. Literally, as a follower of Christ, you are walking around with built-in help. That it's not just behavior modification. You know, That's how the world deals with things. The world deals with things with just change your behavior. Just change your behavior. Just change your behavior and all things will be great. Now, let me say this. There are behaviors that do need to be changed. I'm not minimizing that part. But simply changing your behavior doesn't solve the problem. The problem is deeper than the behavior. The problem, as we'll see in a moment, is a heart issue. And only God can deal with your heart. However, only you can respond to God dealing with your heart. (laughs) And only you can come to Him willing and open to be used to serve Him. First starting in your home and in your life. God is ready to give us wisdom in how to navigate our lives. We live in an upside down, out of control world and God's ready to give us wisdom. But it's not just the world. Some of you, you need wisdom to navigate your life in your upside-down, out-of-control house and family and just the difficulties that you're facing today. I asked you to open in Proverbs 24. That's where I want to start. It is the verse that's the banner over this whole series. It's something I want you to memorize. I want you to hold on to and grasp in your heart of hearts. Notice with me in verse 3, in the wisdom of Solomon in the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. It says, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. That is God's desire for you today. God's desire for you today is to have a house and you could say, you know, this is not a house. This is not a verse that's directed toward contractors. You know, this is, this is not literally building a house. It's a picture. It's a metaphor. Using metaphoric language, describing your life, describing your family, no matter what shape or size it is. It's through wisdom, the wisdom of God, that your life is built. And it's through the understanding that your life is established. And God wants, by knowledge, your life to be filled, the rooms of your life to be filled with precious and pleasant riches. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to navigate through this sin-soaked world in such a way where there is joy unspeakable and happiness along the way. He wants you to embrace the condition of your life as it is today and have a contented approach, to be content with what you have and who you are. And a lot of what you're going to learn and hear during this series will not sound like what you hear in the world. It won't be what the latest TLC show is. It won't be what the, the thing is podcast, like the world has a way of doing things that the Bible is completely the opposite. And that's why some of you are following all this wisdom of the world and it's just jacking your life up. It's not helping you at all where the Bible just makes it super easy for us. Now, let me be clear. Super easy doesn't mean the application will always be easy, as we'll see in a moment. But man, God has given you wisdom and understanding. He's given me wisdom and understanding to build my house. And let me just say, in my life, personally, when I was born again, when I responded to an invitation when I walked up and prayed with the pastor coming from the altar call, I literally, and this is no exaggeration. This, I'm not making this up. This is absolutely 100% true. I did not know how to be a man, a husband, a dad, a son, an employee, or a productive member of society, period. I didn't know. I mean, the evidence was all around me. If my parents were still here, you could ask them. You can ask my wife. If my son Eddie was still around, you could ask him as he experienced some of those early days of an unsaved dad. I didn't know. And it wasn't that I was ignorant, as much as it was my world surrounded me I made my own rules, I did my own thing, and yet God, with the power of his gospel, you know, you look at me, God would look at me, and it was so good, God would look at me and go, you know, it's just so amazing to think that God saw, you know, you see that guy, that guy, he will be a pastor one day. You know, he would say that to all the people that said, no, he's going to jail one day. He just got out of jail. He's going back to jail. He's going to be divorced. His wife's going to leave him. His kids are going to hate him. That was my future. And you would have been accurate in many ways if you made that assessment in the human realm. But see, God is not limited by the human realm. God is outside of our limitations. He is able, listen, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think or ask. And no matter the condition of your family today, good or bad, difficult or easy, God is ready to act on your behalf. Married, single, divorced, separated, single parent, no matter what your family unit might be, God is ready to act on your behalf. It's the wisdom of God that both gives us the tools to build and the help to establish our homes and our lives. This is exactly how God established the world. Jot it down. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 12. It says, he has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. This is how God made the world. So he goes, God says, this is what I want you to do in your homes. This is how I want you to build your life. I want you to stop what you're doing and get on track with me. That God, he taught me how to be a man. I'm still learning. He taught me how to be a husband. I'm still learning. Taught me how to be a dad. I'm still learning. He he is infinitely ready to give us the wisdom that we need to continue to grow in his grace. And yes, we've already mentioned every home is different. Many of you are married with kids. Some are married without kids, separated, divorced, single, widowed. But listen, in each of the studies, I don't want you checking out on them because it doesn't address your specific current situation. For example, you that are single, when I'm talking about marriage, I don't want you checking out and go, it doesn't apply to me. It does apply to you. Or vice versa. Those of you that are married, when I'm teaching on singleness, you go, well, that doesn't apply to me anymore. I'm married. No, I want you to pay close attention to everything. Parents, even if you, uh, parents, you're, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be listening intently when we talk about kids. For those who're single, I don't have any kids. You know, I don't want you checking out. You guys, are you guys with me? So far, stick with me. The other thing I want you to understand is here's the heart, the banner of my heart for you, because some of what I'm going to share with you will be difficult to receive. I already know it. Uh, and I'm ready to deliver it. I really want you to grow. But here's the banner. I want you to get it from me personally. I want you to to consider receiving these messages from me. First of all, don't destroy the messenger, okay? I'm asking you, please, don't go after the messenger. I'm just delivering the message. But here's how I'm delivering it. It might sound strong, but it'll be strong to those that need it strong. But but this is my, my, I'm begging you to do the right thing. That's my heart for you. I'm just begging you, Please do the right thing. No more excuses. No more game playing. No, just do the right thing. Just read the Bible and do it. Well, you don't understand. It's her. It's not her fault. It's your fault. Do the right thing. Well, no, it's his fault. No, it's not his fault. It's your fault. Stop assessing blame and get right with the Lord. And he'll honor that. He'll honor that. Listen, here's how it starts. You've got to have your vertical relationship with God in order. That's where it starts. Remember what the Bible says? To love the Lord God. Jesus summarized the whole law. What did he say? Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Starts upward, upward. Here's the problem. We always deal with each other laterally or horizontally. So we're just going at each other, going at each other, going at each other, and never making any progress. Things get worse that way, not better. But when one person decides... Whether it's a marriage, whether it's with our kids, whether it's in friendships, relationships, when one person decides to seek the Lord, all of that stops. And God begins to honor a person who obeys him and says, no, I'm going to love you. We'll see that with Joshua. I'm going to love you. I'm going to commit myself to you, Lord. And I'm going to give these relationships to you. And I'm going to honor you. Even though I don't see any immediate change, I'm going to honor you because obedience is what you honor. So with that in mind, Come with me to Joshua chapter 23, Joshua chapter 23. Let's go back in time a little bit. Don't check out on any of these studies because whether it addresses your current situation, I'll tell you what, it's going to address someone else in your life. So whether it's for you or you're ministering to someone else, you're going to want to learn every stage of what I'm going to share in the coming weeks. So let's go back in time to this epic moment in the life and the history of the children of Israel. These are men and women that have chosen to follow God in what's known as the Old Covenant. But when you think of the Old Covenant, I want you to think of these people as your brothers and sisters, because they are. You will meet them in heaven. You will meet Joshua in heaven. Why? Because when they were living their life, they were looking forward to the cross. And As a matter of fact, when we were studying through Hebrews, what did we learn? That we learned that many of them never fully experienced. They died before the cross. They didn't get to experience it. But you and I, we look back on the cross. We get to experience what's known as the new covenant. But we're all followers of God. That They were saved the same way you're saved. They were saved in, by faith in the coming Messiah. They obeyed God looking forward to the coming Messiah. You today are saved and your sins are forgiven. How? By looking back at Messiah that's come. You get to experience what they all were looking for. And this is a group here that we're living by faith, according to the precepts of God, waiting for Messiah. But here in this particular section of the Bible in Joshua, you have this nation occupying the promised land. And what a season in their life. Joshua, taking over from Moses, has led the nation across the Jordan River through many victorious battles to the place where the families now The families are settling down. They're settling down literally in the promises of God. So in chapter 23, there's these final words of Joshua as they're settling down. And he calls for the leaders and the elders to give them final instructions. Notice in verse Joshua 23, verse 2. Joshua called for all Israel, their elders, the heads, for their judges and their officers. And he said, I'm old and advanced in age. You've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. And I've divided to you all the land that's to remain as inheritance to your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I've cut off as far as the great sea westward. Verse 5. And the Lord your God will expel them before you, drive them out of your sight, So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God has promised you. Then he gives these final words. Notice in verse 6, he says, Be very courageous to what? Keep and do all that's written in the book of the law of Moses, so that you don't turn aside to the left or to the right. Unless, verse 7, you go among these nations who remain among you, don't even make mention of their gods. Don't cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them nor bow down to them. But you shall, notice verse 8, hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord God is he who fights for you just as he has promised. And God has been faithful to them. And then in chapter 24, he reminds them of God's faithfulness. And he gives this strong warning against idolatry. He says, notice in verse 14 of Joshua 24. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether it be the gods which our father served on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, and then here's the key. This is, some, not, you want to hold on to this? this is as much as you hold on to Proverbs 24, three and four. Joshua says to the nation, whatever choice you guys make, whatever you do, I want you to make the right choice, but whatever you make, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Some of you have just never made that decision. You just never made that decision. You're, you're still caught up in idolatry. You know, for us today in our modern world, we think of idolatry as something ancient. You know, I don't, have any, I don't have any statues in my house, Ed. I'm not carving up wood, and I'm not doing these things. And so therefore, you excuse yourself from idolatry. But a careful examination of so many lives today would see that the false gods of pleasure, intellect, money, and more are still being worshipped today among us there are still things that are taking your love away from a sincere and truthful relationship with God. You think, oh, that's just something in Joshua. No, 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 no. It's a new covenant issue as well. In 1 John 5, verse 21, what did John tell the church? He said, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Stay pure. There can be a tendency in each of us to get sucked into the stupidity of idolatry an idol is anything that has a higher priority in our lives than the lord this is important it's so important that god reserved it in the top 10 exodus chapter 20 verse 3 you shall have no other gods before me none that god would receive the priority in our lives are there other gods in your life that have a higher priority than the lord It's important that you examine your life in this way. So much is lost in our idolatrous worship of false gods. We need to pray for purity in our worship and be careful in our lives. In Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 3, let me read it to you. Ezekiel is given a vision from God, given a word. And he says, son of man, these men have set up idols, notice, in their hearts. Because that's where idolatry resides. They set up idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of all at all by them? Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity, and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. That I might seize the house of Israel by their heart, because they are all estranged from me by their idols. That's a pretty powerful passage. That's a powerful passage.
0: It sure is. And we'll expound on that next time. Well, today on Abounding Grace, we kicked off our new series, Family Matters. And we hope you can join us from start to finish. This introductory message from Ed Taylor is titled, As for Me and My House. Hear it again online at aboundinggraceradio.com. Another way to grow on the go is by downloading our app. Search for Ed Taylor. And we have a couple of podcasts as well. You can listen to Abounding Grace and Lead to Serve through Apple Podcasts.
1: Hey, this is Pastor Ed from Abounding Grace Radio. I wanted to let you know that we just released another book. It's entitled, Face Your Fears. In it, I really want to encourage you in the fears and anxieties and all the worrisome things that are happening in our culture and our world today. Maybe you're feeling it yourself. Maybe fear has visited and it's tripping up anxiety and difficulties in your heart. And I want you to know that as you consider your fears, you might even be feeling stuck, but I know the Lord will strengthen you and help you and help you to overcome um, because he wants you to walk by faith. And I don't want you to be made fun of. And I know there are those that go, oh, you shouldn't be fearful. But hey, fear's real. What we need to be careful of is how we respond. So get a copy. Get a copy for you and your friend, calvaryco.store, calvaryco.store bless you and encourage you from here at Calvary Church in Colorado.
0: We'll pick up where we left off in our message, As for Me and My House, tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. See you then. This is amazing grace.